0: Before we get started, please take the time to like, add, and subscribe to our pages on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, please leave us a review. Um, if anything, I would call it an overrated park because you, liter- you people say, oh my god, look at this beautiful waterfall in their photos, and you see that on these travel pages and travel channels and all that, and you're like... Well it's a it's a stop off the interstate and the, the you can go the to the world. top. Well if you do, but the nine times out of ten, the one we can wander our way over, you know, because this is wandering ways.
1: What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink. How are we doing today?
0: i'm fantastic man and i hope our wanderers are doing great as well um we just got dumped on some snow you know we we recorded our last episode and then we're talking about how nice and sunny and warm it is and then all of a sudden we get dumped on like eight inches of snow and in april so like dang
1: yeah it's uh you know climate change is real it's affecting the weather. I mean, it's snowing here where I am. It's the yes. first time I've ever experienced this bipolar weather. And I gotta say, it's bullshit. You should probably move.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's terrible. That's just living in Montana. You don't know what what, what you're gonna get, when you're gonna get it. You know, you can't really plan uh much, you know, because I'm like, I'm I'm packing, I'm getting my house ready, I'm getting things ready to go on a trip out to Oregon to come see you because we got some good things planned coming up. But I am just like, oh, man, I don't want to take the Jeep. I want to take my Honda. I want to save gas. I don't want to, you know, just all the little things that are coming together. And you're just like, it was 70 degrees last week. Now it's, you know, going to be five and snowing. And oh, my Do you God. you to
1: take your Jeep now because of that much snow?
0: Um, no, what is nice is... interstates and whatnot are getting plowed and they're getting kind of ready uh easy to easier to drive on and this it wasn't too cold when this hit originally so like a lot of the snow kind of like that hit roads that was plowed has kind of melted so like it's that's good um and it's basically from like livingston onward west or onward east you know so the more eastern montana actually got more snow so Going past Bozeman, you know, to Missoula, to Idaho, to Washington, to Oregon, I should be fine. And then coming home, I should be fine. But you never know. You'll have to see. At least I have a lot of mileage on roads like this. So I have the experience.
1: That's true. I just wasn't sure. But, yeah, it makes, it makes sense now that it probably isn't snow all the way to, like, Spokane. So Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with that before, too. Oh yeah, I no doubt. I mean, it could for sure. It could be. I mean, it could be honestly snow all the way until like Tri Cities.
0: (laughs) It was remember so over Christmas when I was over when I came over there and it snowed um, over Christmas in in the Portland in Oregon area. I actually did not like not deal with snow like I dealt with snow all the way home to Billings from Oregon, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" the whole way
1: (laughs) that's a fluke though to get it from portland all the way that was just a big snowstorm
0: yeah well i i was i was in it and then i was in i'm gonna be yeah i'm used to it i mean
1: i was driving from the top of oregon to the bottom of oregon that same day I just took the coast where I knew there wasn't going to be like any snow.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, that's a smart move to do. And that's, I mean, I was even talking to my dad because they're close enough to the Lambert river and they are low enough in elevation where they don't really get snow. They get, you know, but I, and I told him that I said, the nice thing about water is water is a little bit warmer sometimes. So you won't get the snow as heavy or as much near that. So uh, not, not dealing with, you know, not dealing with plowing your driveway or roads as much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Water, water is warm. That's why the coast doesn't get us. Cause they have this huge body of water and it has a high, I think it's called heat index, but it takes a lot of energy to change the temperature of water. So like, you know, when it gets fucking cold on the next to the ocean, that means it's real, really, really fucking cold in reality. <laughs>
0: Well, look at just, I mean, look up in Alaska and what it takes to freeze those rivers and even the ocean out there, you know, sometimes the ocean will freeze before the rivers or, you know, you have these other like issues that it's like, no, it's just thin ice because that water is moving. That water is, uh, it isn't as thick and you can, you, you know, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's it's nuts. Uh, I'm I'm curious, you know, because we're talking, you know, this this episode comes out. We're me and you are going to be meeting up. We're we're probably going to be going somewhere in Oregon.
1: Uh, I hope so. You know, because um, I mean, I said we were getting snow, so I don't know what it's done to the roads. I mean, we talked about Crater, and I know Crater probably has snow, so I don't know what it will do for us in terms of Crater. But, you know, a nice part with where I'm at here, um, you know, worst case scenario, which isn't really that much of a worst case scenario, we hop on over to see the redwoods. Because that's only, shoot, that's probably only a two-hour drive. You can hit the redwood trees.
0: Oh, wow. That's not a bad idea.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I I think craters, like, maybe an hour drive. So it's just, like, twice as long to the redwoods or... um, or if Crater works out, type deal.
0: Yeah, or even the coast—you never know. There's a lot of cool little stops uh, around you, uh, around the state of Oregon. Really, you know, we we talk about that in, in some of our other episodes. You know, with the like Central Oregon breakdown, uh, the Oregon Coast breakdown. Um, you know, the Crater Lassen Redwoods loop. You know, all that fun stuff, fun jazz that we got going on. Uh, i'm super stoked to see what you know what we come up with because that's exactly it we're we're we're, we're depending this trip kind of based on the weather and how that weather uh, well
1: i think it's more roads um when it comes down to it uh, no, that makes sense but that's weather yeah yeah but i mean like if it's beautiful sunny that's good weather but the roads may be bad still because of this winter storm we're getting
0: well, and that makes sense because I mean, just looking at the parks, you know, take Yellowstone Park, for example, April is their like road maintenance kind of plow, get the park ready for May. Uh, so they'll like, there'll be times where, like in March, like this year, you can go from a mammoth down to a West Yellowstone because they, they opened up that road. But in April, they usually close it down to get it ready for the park um and a lot of those those roads are that way so it makes sense because it's just schedule right people are just like oh may you know labor day uh, memorial day let's let's plow let's close let's do this it's just easy to stick to a schedule um rather than fight the weather because you know yeah exactly there'll be days like today where you know you might be like wow we the the bear pass could be open up in the winter and then you get snow where it's like, wow, Billings got 12 inches. I wonder how much snow bear Tooth's got. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So no, it'll be, it'll be a good time. It will be, we'll figure so- there'll be something. Um, I mean, that's, you know, it's pretty easy to find something to do around here. Um, there's exactly
0: and and for the wanderers listening like definitely this is your chance because if you're listening live as this comes out on Wednesday you know the wandering Wednesdays uh make sure to follow us on the stories uh you know the Instagrams the Facebooks to see what is going on what is happening uh live as we're doing it because you know we you'll see that change happen instantly before we talk about it here on the podcast um I'm super stoked you know because you know, today's episode, we're talking about underrated things. And I think Oregon is a state full of underrated things. So regardless, if we go to Crater Lake or not, we will find something cool. And we'll find something to talk about and show you guys and share with you guys, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I think Oregon was underrated. I think it is now rated. Um, you know, people have figured out what oregon has that's why there's so many more people here
0: yeah but i think there's some underrated aspects you know you look at be fair southern
1: oregon is probably underrated because there's not as many people in southern oregon um as like near portland
0: oh exactly and that's why it will be there but that's why like i wouldn't
1: i wouldn't consider like a Multnomah falls an
0: underrated park because of its location and where it's at um if anything i would call it an overrated park because you literally people say oh my god look at this beautiful waterfall in their photos and you see that on these travel pages and travel channels and all that and you're like well it's a it's a stop off the interstate and the the, go to the top well if you do but the nine times out of ten the one photo you see is the one it took you five steps from your car to take
1: well you know the parking lot you got to go underneath the little tunnel thing You know, it's more, it's like 50 steps, all right? give the people their credit.
0: Exactly. But everyone (laughs) and their grandma has that photo. No, if they have seen Multnomah Falls. But then you got places like Silver Falls State Park, which I think is a little more underrated because not a lot of people go there. You have a lot of those coastal parks there in Oregon that are underrated.
1: Silver Um, Falls is actually one of the more popular parks. Um, Well, I think that's because it's proximity to Portland and uh, Salem. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff around Silver Falls, like um, Albeca Falls is around, which that's a really cool waterfall um, that's underrated. So, I mean, the park, it's Silver Falls is properly rated. The other stuff around it is probably more underrated because it's, you know, everyone goes Silver Falls because you can get Like seven waterfalls all in one park rightfully so it's pretty dope but you can see some other cool shit elsewhere too
0: exactly and that's kind of i mean i don't know about you but if you're ready to get into this thing i'm kind of excited to talk about uh my top five underrated parks just because you know when i when when we talked about this we talked about this the last time we recorded an episode and i was like i'm like oh i i'm gonna just write them down right now write down some ones i'm thinking of and and these are just you know i look at those small parks i've been to where i've had a really great amazing time or i've you know i i want to share them because i think they're they're worthy of something more Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of that's how I determined my list. And I, I'm just, I'm super sad to talk to you about it today because it's going to be a surprise for both of us.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, I didn't really think small parks for um, much, although I'm probably going to let you go first because I may switch up because if we go with small parks, I may add a couple, move around some things here real quick. But um, oh, no, yeah. but yes, before we start, we are doing another... Wandering Ways top five. We're doing five. Our top five underrated parks. So these are parks that we think don't get the justice that they deserve. Um. Yeah. So yeah, no, we'll I, start with number five with my guy.
0: You know, and and, and exa- to start off, slowly you know, I I just I said they're small. Not you know, two of them aren't really that small. But these are these underrated parks that you guys may have never heard of, may only have heard one or two things about. But I'm sure if you listen to the podcast, you know a thing or two about them because I'm sure we brought them up. But I'm going I'm to go number five. I and mean, that's going to stick here to my home state of Montana. And about 45 miles south of Billings, Montana, there's a place called Chief Plenty State Park. And it's in the town of Pryor, Montana, right on the Crow Reservation. And this state park, there's really not much there. What it is, is Chief Plenty Coup, who was a Crow leader um, back in the day, um, he donated his house when he passed away to the Montana state parks. And... Uh, uh, one of his famous quotes is you know we cannot be like the the white man unless we're educated like the white man uh basically meaning go get we need to go get uh educated because that's how we're going to be equal um he you know he was a very good visionary he had um some uh not dreams but uh where you're out meditating you know out praying and he's seen some visions of uh, the bison actually turning to cattle. Um, he had other visions um, that they talk about at the state park, as well as the Crow tribal history that you have at the state park. So what, you know, there's a good, good amount of land that they have there. Uh, there is some walking trails. Um, there is his house. There is his teepee. That Well, not his actual teepee, but a teepee that would be like his um outside the house. And that's actually where he slept until the last few years of his life, because during those last few years, he, uh, actually slept on a bed inside the house, but up until then he slept in the teepee. Um, I want, uh, you go through his family life, you see these things, they have the big event in the fall. They usually do a buffalo bake where they actually cook the buffalo in a traditional way where they put it into the earth. They build this mound and have the hot rocks and cook the buffalo. It tastes so good. Uh, Matt Buddy actually was able to go to that when when I, wor- I worked that event one day and it was really fun. Um, and then they have other events like cross-country meets and stuff that they do down there all the time. But definitely one of those parks that is you know, I, I, that wasn't the first time I worked down there, I worked down there a different time as just like a volunteer ranger when I was working for the BLM, and I think we maybe had four or five visitors in one day, Oh. so yeah, it's, if you don't get a lot, um, plus people are afraid to go to the reservation, and you know, that's something, that's some stigma and some bad juju we need to get rid of, because we need to support our tribal communities, and uh truth be told i think that's one of the cheapest places you can buy a pendleton blanket in in the state of montana they have really cheap pendleton blankets so <laughs> there you go
1: if you're not gonna go for the nature at least go for the pendleton blanket <laughs> exactly exactly
0: No, i like it a lot uh and you're right down there near the bighorn and prior mountains which is gorgeous so nice
1: no that's a good one um yeah. my number five is a state park it is a state park here in um the state of oregon um it's a hometown one um i've we've probably heard me talk about this before back in the early days of the podcast um but it is fort stevens Ooh. up all the way literally at the corner of the state of oregon where the um, columbia river and the pacific ocean meet um so it, it's historical you know it's used to be an old world war ii base where people um rumor is that it's one of the only spots that got shot on the lower 48 front during world war ii
0: well what's that story
1: i don't know a full story that's just all they ever tell us is Who's shot, shot. I don't know, the bad guys.
0: <laughs> the bad guys or the good guys shot
1: up themselves. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's, uh, it's I don't know, I doubt it, but you, know, <laughs> you, never, you never really know. Um, but Better yeah, know there's Eddie out, right? out there. The Peter Iredale, which is a shipwreck, is in this state park, which is super cool. Um, it's great. Um, it's a great place to go. Uh, biking, go hiking, uh, you can check out the old fort kind of deal. They do civil war reenactments there. Um, it is a really, really, really good place to go mushrooming. Um, and rumor has it, I'm not going to confirm nor deny this next statement, but it is one of the best places to find wild psilocybin mushrooms.
0: Oh, those kinds.
1: Uh, no other kinds too, but the rumor <laughs> is not going to confirm nor deny you can find psilocybin mushrooms at this state park. So, um, I mean, there's a lot to do there. It is also like right next to one of the largest KOAs. Um, so, K-O-A. I mean, Lakes. K-O-A's build, oh, building new
0: head, sorry, KOA is building new headquarters here in Billings.
1: Oh, yeah, because isn't it founded in that area or something?
0: Yeah, they were founded, and they're still headquartered here, but they're building their new headquarters, like, yeah, like this (laughs) year. Yeah, but if they're building new headquarters, that must mean they're they're, going to upgrade some of their campgrounds, let's hope, right?
1: It is a nice campground. Um, Is
0: it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never stayed in it. I showered in it once, but um, I've never, like, stayed in it. I can't remember why I showered there, Um, but uh it it's a nicer one of the koas it'd be similar to like the one we stayed into with that glacier
0: that makes sense uh just a larger more more options more yeah. you know the pool they have the hot tub they have the arcade kind of bs yeah, yeah.
1: You, i mean it's a great area you're right there in the pacific northwest um it is a kind of a cool spot I know people that go duck hunting out in that area. Fishing is popular in that area. Uh, When you're
0: close to Astoria seaside, which is very touristy, Cannon Beach, Cannon Rock, and then even uh, Fort Clatsop is right there too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, there's Fort Clatsop. There's um, Cape Disappointment. You know, there's the uh, Saltworks, the Lewis and Clark kind of histories in that area. Um. So, there's a lot to do and it's a good it's honestly a good camping base if you wanted to just check out that area. Um but yeah, my number 5 is Fort Stevens.
0: i think a bad one that. Ain't a bad one for sure. Um I've never been, so maybe one of these days when I'm up in that area I need to go check out Fort Stevens. I checked out Fort Clatsop, so definitely got to go see these underrated parks. Uh my number 4 um in this one I have like two for this one because they're very similar, okay. And the reason for that is is one is Serpent Mound out in Ohio, and the other one is Effigy Mounds or Effigy Mounds in Iowa, and that one's right on the Mississippi River, right there in Iowa. And these are the mound building tribes. Uh, they have the burial, the burial. Uh, grounds where they have these mounds where they would put their dead bodies and, and build these cool mounds so at fiji mounds in iowa what they did is they built those mounds like animals and some of the the mounds have rocks around them uh so you can see them some of them are different colors other ones are just mounds of grass so you have to really see it from the sky but when you're walking by it these things are huge you're like oh my god like these are nuts and it's in a really pretty cool area uh along the Mississippi River they have a good visitor center um we didn't even go see like the coolest of the mounds either there we just went and saw like the most that you could on like one trail because there's there's other ones around the area you need to you know it'll take a little bit longer to go to and we we're kind of on a tight schedule um but that is a park I definitely want to actually get back into a little bit more, just because of what it does have to offer with the native histories. Same with Serpent Mound in Ohio. It's not national park run like effigy mounds is, but Serpent Mound, uh, what's really cool about, I want to say it's privately owned, if not state park, but I want to say it's a private park, uh, just just kind of based on like the flyers or maybe it's county or some something like that. But when I went, um, there's other mounds in the area, which is kind of cool. And then you have the main serpent mound, which is huge. And I don't believe that there's any bodies in the serpent mound itself. Um, But each band of the snake, because the serpent snake, you know, is, uh, it points to, like, the summer equinox, the winter equinox, uh, the spring, you know, the solstices, the all that right you have and yeah. then the head and how they open up and then you actually there's this tower there you can walk up and actually look down on it and see it so it's actually really cool to see it from that bird's eye view um again not a whole lot going on at the park itself other than like the mound the visitor center there was a little mini powwow that was going on when i was there and i was kind of like not really about it just because there was like six dancers and a lot of white people no and I'm used to powwows uh, I'm used to powwows where you know there's thousands of people and most of them are, are native <laughs> yeah but um, it was interesting to see I'm glad I was I was able to go there I it's definitely an underrated park and I wish with especially with these native ones that people actually go visit them and help generate some funds and turn them into these parks for what they could be um, and talk about the tribes the tribal histories and whatnot um you know because i think about that i think about gathering of nations which is coming up here at the end of uh this month uh of april and that's going to be the largest powwow down in albuquerque that's happening um so if you're down in that area that's something to go check out it's not necessarily a park it's going to happen there uh, at the fairgrounds so but it's going to be cool and me and matt buddy might be there we just have to see if work approves of the travel or not so might be fun might be fun to check out but definitely go check out these native events um, and support these these tribes and go to serpent mound and Effigy mounds
1: there you go there you go go support the tribes Mine uh, my number four um it is of The Cascade of the Northern kind of Cascade Mountain Ranges. Um, Mine is probably one of the more unpopular one um, to go and visit. It's one that you hear a lot in names. You've heard it before. We've talked about it before. Um, Hell shit, I even climbed it. Um, It is Mount St. Helens. You know, and I think why this one falls
0: is underrated is because like half of it's gone now. (laughs)
1: yeah i mean that could be that very well could be the reasoning you know it's just half as good as it used to be (laughs) right well i think the main reason it's not as popular is because you have a rainier you have a north cascades you have a mount hood um all within distance of it um and so you'll be you'll be like, why would I go to Mount St. Helens when I could go to Mount Rainier or I could go to Mount Hood? Uh, Well, you're exactly right because you look at, like, the bases. where, Well, Portland,
0: well, Hood is closer. Well, Seattle, Rainier is closer. So that was kind of the middle. And that's what makes it cool, makes it up great why you chose it, why you hiked it, why you love it.
1: Exactly. No, there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I mean, Vince... Phil and I stayed in a campground um, close by that area, or in the St. Helens area, Um, because we originally were like, oh, let's climb it, we have a day, but turned out you need a permit, (laughs) and uh, we missed that permit day because we did a last minute, but that is whatever, we found stuff to do, Um, but it was, it's a really cool cool kind of area to go and check out and it's a great mountain to climb uh, especially if you're new into mountain climbing um you just got to get a permit i believe the permit dates passed it's usually like end of february so if you're listening to this and want to might still be able to get one i don't know you'd have to go look but i think usually the permits are filled up by this time um i have a hilarious story when we were camping uh you know, it was, it was Vince and Phil. They slept in the tent pretty much the whole trip that we did. Um, and then I slept in my hammock like I do now and the campground we had, or the campsite we had, I could hang my hammock actually pretty high off the ground. And there's like a stump like right below me. And, uh, i decided to take a nap you know i think i was reading and then i decided to take a nap in the in my hammock and i'm just chilling there a squirrel goes right on the stump that's literally below me so like me hanging i'm maybe a foot away from this chipmunk or squirrel or something and it lets out a call you know it's like a little really loud scared the shit out of me
0: (laughs) Oh, I bet it did.
1: I was like, I'm in Miami. I'm like, what the fuck? Flinging around. (laughs) And Vince and Phil were like, what's happened? And I was like, there's a damn squirrel or something right below
0: me. That's funny. That's like those birds in Hawaii.
1: Oh, yeah. The ones that woke us up.
0: Well, we had that one chipmunk in Glacier when we saw that grizzly bear that was chirping at us to, like, warn us that the grizzly bear was coming.
1: Yeah. I, they're noisy. They can be loud when they want to.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, they can. Uh, out in eastern Montana, when you're when your prairie dog kind of chasing, you know, shooting at the ground, you know, the, 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 what are they called? Uh, gophers or prairie dogs. That's kind of the two terms you hear kind of for the same, you know, they're similar animals. They are different. There is a difference between the two. But uh, either or, you know, I don't think you really realize the difference until you actually get one um because of how small they are and how just often you see them but yeah when you're when you're seeing them hunting you hear them chirping they see you you know for sure they're letting everyone know you're around
1: for sure no no but mount st helen's it's a great place um you should check it out it's one of the more underrated places in that area there's just a lot of cool shit to check out there and So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend? I got the key solution for you. You know, our
0: friends at Blue Ribbon Net make this eco-friendly AquaFade bag so you're not hurting the environment. It's 100% biodegradable. Plus, the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use. Um, the Blue Ribbon Nets, they're here in Bozeman, Montana. And we even have a discount code. That's right, if you use the code rugaroo 10 that's right, that's my Jeep, the Rugaroo. rugaroo 10 rugaru 10. Uh, 0 You're gonna get some discount on a Blue Ribbon Net. You know, you can get the long one if you're fishing the big
1: fish or you can get just the good river one, you know, if you're like me and just wanna catch a lot of fish. So again, make sure you go check out Blue Ribbon and use the c- promo code RUGAROO10. Hey,
0: hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier.
1: Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? no i have not
0: well he is doing some really cool stuff with the shop ls 574 yes they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers um he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker there's even water bottles hats sweatshirts the whole swag and we even got a discount code for you guys yes if you use wandering ways at shop ls 574 you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase. But not only that, you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the Little Shell tribe, as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code Wandering Ways, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount.
1: Speaking of cool shit, it's time for cool shit in nature.
0: Nice. Um, Your favorite segment.
1: Oh, 100%. I get to share cool shit that I see in nature. So first one, I think it fits perfectly in where we are at right now because we're talking about Mount St. Helens. And what is Mount St. Helens most famous for? Blowing up exactly so we got a good old-fashioned volcano eruption
0: when did this one 17 days ago it blew up
1: yeah it was in um the philippines i believe <clears throat> wow. um but yeah this is another classic volcano eruption uh, it's small it's a pretty small one <clears throat> but i mean the fact that that is considered like a really small one is still impressive
0: Oh, exactly. I mean, it's not, it's not blowing up a whole island and changing the world in that sense, but it still is changing the world. It's part of that. No,
1: hundred percent. You know, ash is going into the air. Um, you know, things, the earth is moving.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing with volcanoes. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you did this right after Mount St. Helens, is because they, people really, we really don't realize that the power of volcano or earthquake or, these, these events that happen in seconds, you know, how much they really can change the earth, you know, think of Yellowstone when Yellowstone goes, you know, not only is it going to just blow up and kill everything like around it, but it's going to throw ash up in the air, which could possibly send the entire world into like a nuclear winter. So yeah. just the, the power that, that these things have that we just kind of, not, I wouldn't say take for granted because we don't necessarily understand it, but we just kind of let it be
1: for sure. You know, what's also kind of crazy to watch when you're like watching this um, because the video is taken from a good distance away. Um, oh. I would say a very safe distance. So kudos to the person taking it, practicing safe volcano watching, <laughs> but um, you see the ash like go up and then kind of fall and it looks slow from this uh, distance but in reality that's happening quick and it's very powerful
0: <laughs> well that's just how much of it it is it's like water right you know you see the waterfall move and how the water kind of changes as it goes over but it like looks the same and looks different it's we don't it's it's something that it's hard for us to comprehend yeah um especially like that like Yeah, it it looks like in the Philippines, it looks like it's over on another island almost from where this this camera angle is happening. And, like, that that's exactly it. It looks slow, but if you're sitting under that, that thing's moving so quick and it's moving in all directions. That's the other thing is we're looking at this on a a 2D form when... Mm. It's moving into 3D, 4D form. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's really puncturing time, but... <laughs>
0: well, the reason I say 4D is because you can feel the ash. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, so, here is our next one that we have. Um, and oh. this is just a, an adorable little, cute little kitten um, taken. I believe it's a... Um, I want to say cheetah.
0: It looks cheetah-ish by the the spots, but I can't tell. They say it's in South Africa.
1: Yeah, that's all we have. At
0: uh, the Male -male Mala Game Reserve, which looks kind of cool.
1: Just a cute little kitten yeah it's you know. a good little palate fresher a refresher you know let you know that uh these things are adorable um but also not too long the thing will be big enough to kill you oh
0: exactly i mean that's what i'm excited for i was kind of interested you know we, we went into yellowstone park uh with marco fantini and uh we didn't see many baby animals even the bison not quite yet so they must not be having their babies quite yet uh i'm I'm excited. I like that about May when you go into Yellowstone Park in the May and you see those little baby animals like that. You know, the baby bears or the baby bison, the baby antelope, whatever it may be. I just, they're cute, they're fun, they're cuddly. And, you know, if you want baby bunnies, my mom has baby bunnies. So I'll bring, I'll bring you one down as a gift.
1: I'm good. I'm a pack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any animals. I get enough people trying to convince me to get a dog and I'm not getting a dog.
0: If anything, you'd be a cat guy.
1: I'm not getting a cat because I'm not a cat guy.
0: No, you would be a cat guy because you you, you, need it, you need it to take care of itself. At your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're but I don't, I
1: don't want something just to have something. So, <laughs> like, I don't want something to take care of itself like that. But, no, if uh, I, I was thinking, like, uh, and I'm not, I want to make sure we're clear on this, I'm not getting a dog of any kind. But if I were to get one, I think it'd be an Australian Shepherd.
0: Of course, you would, you basic bitch.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty basic as fuck.
0: That's <laughs> the new corgi.
1: It is right now,
0: and it's because it, they're really, they're really popular here in Montana because they were good herding dogs. Yeah. So you have like the the shepherd healer, but yes, the girls have turned it all over. I swear to God, they all have Australian Shepherds because those blue eyes.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking more because it. Can like go for a long distance run, pretty good. So,
0: (laughs) hyper high energy.
1: Yeah, I I I
0: could see you too with a husky for that same reason because like the husky requires that that exercise and so Mm. (laughs) smart.
1: But yeah. So, anyways, let's hop back into let's wander our way on back. To our top five, which is now the top three. Top three underrated parks. What do we got?
0: So this is one me and you did together. So you feel free to speak to this one. But my number three, we're gonna go to South Dakota to Wind Cave National Park. Oh. Which I honestly, you know, it to me. It's one of those ones, why I call it underrated, and like, I like going to the Black Hills, but exactly, there's so much to do in the Black Hills. You got Mount Rushmore, you got Crazy Horse, you got Jewel Cave, Wind Cave, uh, Custer State Park, you even have Badlands, plus all the fun stuff there is to do in Rapid City and and surrounding areas, Devil's Tower, um, so this one kind of, I think it's overlooked, Uh Due to time, due to Mount Rushmore being all South Dakota seems to claim, <laughs> and and, and and it's just a cool park, you know. There's stuff to do up ground, you know. I, they have the bison. It's close to Custer State Park, which is another underrated park because not a lot of people know about Custer State Park because they they stay pretty focused in the national parks. But again, our states have great parks too. Um, and Wind Cave, uh, again, it was it was it was. Uh, I've been in a few caves. It's one of those interesting ones. I actually ran into some kids in Yellowstone. We were we were hiking on a trail and we ran into them. We started talking, uh, and Jared was talking to them and uh became friends with them. And kind of we we're talking about different places we've gone and where to go in the state. And uh we're talking about the Bear Tooth Pass and the kids like, "Have you ever been to Wind Cave?" And we're like, "I was like, oh yeah." He goes, "Yeah, they have the box etchings on the ceiling and then this and that." And I'm like, "Oh, did the." Tour guide blow the candle out for you too, and you're just like, oh god, this would be so scary if this place was just like, like that's it. That's how they used the cave with candles and ropes.
1: Yeah, what? no, hundred um, percent an underrated park. In fact, I think it's so underrated that it does make my list, but not at number three.
0: Oh wow. Wow, that's cool that Wind Cave makes your list, too, Um, just because of what it is, exactly what it is. It's one of those... It is a national park. It, you know, it has the Lakota story of, like, emergence out of the ground. You know, the people came from the earth. This is where they came from. This is the birth of the Lakota people out of the Black Hills. Um, It's beautiful. The the elevator ride you take up from the bottom of the cave and all the stairs you take inside of it. And just even the videos where where they show like yeah there's parts of this cave where you have to like crawl on your hands and knees because like yes it's a little gap but it opens up into a nice larger room later on which is crazy with caves
1: yeah um i mean it is definitely like super cool because it's a cave you get to walk through um the different etchings and stuff of the way the cave is formed the fact that it is so massive, like the amount of distance this cave covers is like incredible. So it's like, it's just really like overall a really cool place. And I highly, I've, I think we've recommended it before, but I still, again, today I recommend it. Um, the tours are cheap um, when it comes to tours, like at places. This is on the cheaper end and it, it is 100% worth every penny to go walk around these caves
0: i want to go back that's that's you know when and, when and there's other caves out there i haven't been to and this is one i'm like i want to go back and it also makes me want to explore other caves you know you, you you hear that when you're like well i want to go down to carlsbad caverns uh i want to go to lewis and clark caverns here in the state of montana which is a state park you know because well, of that.
1: if you really want to hit some caves not far from where I live are the Oregon caves. Ooh. We can check out caves if you would like to when you come on down here.
0: Hey, we that that one might be just thrown up on the board, no throwing spaghetti at the wall, as they say, and see what sticks. And that, you know, if crater lake's a no-go, that might be a if go. we end
1: up if we actually if we end up not going to crater lake, I think we should go to the caves because it's on the way to like the coast. Don't oh, so you can I meet mean, two birds, one stone. Eight
0: thirds, 11 stones. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) I missed a couple times.
1: Exactly.
0: You're number three, guy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to talk Wind Cave much more because I'm going to hop back later to it when it makes my list again. Um, Spoiler alert. Um, But no, my number three, um, probably you may, people may have heard of it. I really highly doubt it. But it is another one from my hometown area um and it is called Ecola state park
0: coli state park
1: huh Ecola not Ecoli. I know. I know. <laughs> um it is a very it's a small small park for sure um and it's right there on the coast it you know w- between Seaside and Cannon Beach there's this thing called Tillamook head and there's even a lighthouse that's out front rumors it's haunted Um, but you can, on the Cannon Beach side of it is Ecola State Park. Um, if anyone has seen The Goonies, Ecola State Park is in that movie. Um, at the kind of the beginning when they find the restaurant that has the, the people. Um, that's in Ecola State Park. It is a beautiful park. A great place to go surfing. If you're into surfing, um, you can hike from seaside on over to McHead to Ecola State Park we used to run it when we put when I was playing high school soccer that was like our workout we'd run from side to side um it's beautiful beautiful trails to hike through around there um it's just it's really pretty and it's highly underrated probably because it's so small um I they Get decent amount of people but like no one ever you never hear anybody talk about it um so i'm trying to give it a little pub
0: it's on the coast
1: yeah it's dead on the coast i mean the beach is part of the park type deal
0: i've never been to that park so i don't know i gotta yeah
1: i mean you have one you have to go into Cannon beach you know, but when I was playing high school soccer, we had two workouts that we would do like longer runs. And it was from Seaside to Ecola State Park. Or what we would do is we would run the road up to Ecola State Park from Cannon Beach. Oh,
0: okay. uh,
1: So you have to be like almost in the town of Cannon Beach. Uh, you, like instead of going downtown, you make a turn and that will take you all the way out there.
0: Good to know. Good to no, know. I hey man, we got. It looks like we got some exploring to do when we're up in your neck of the woods.
1: Yeah, I mean that's all the way to the north Oregon coast. So beautiful area though. But yeah, so that is my number three. So we'll move on to number two, which is for you. Take a wild guess. It's, it's here in Montana. Pompeii.
0: Oh, this guy knows. <laughs> And yes, it is very underrated, I think, Um, especially because there are a lot of hiking trails at this park that go along the Yellowstone River, which is the longest free-flowing river in the lower 48. You know, there's no dams on it. Um, It is a beautiful river. Um, And this rock is, when you look at the river and you look at this area, it is as if, it was put on the wrong side of the river. So there's the rims here in Billing, So it's just like a big cliff face that runs alongside. It goes forever, pretty, they pretty much in Park City, Montana, and I would say they go all the way to about Terry, Montana along the river uh, with valleys and gaps in between. But one of the main gaps on the river is right there at Pompey's pillar, where the river most likely at one point is, is it was probably going around that pillar and then it broke through, and now the pillars on this side of the river, and there's a valley and cliffs on the other side of the river, but where the you know the valley's where Pompeii's pillars should be. Uh, it's a really cool, pretty area. Um, you can see the bull mountains, the bighorn mountains, and the bear-tooth mountains from here, and it's that's supposedly the last time. Uh, William Clark saw the Rocky Mountains in his life uh, when he went up on top of Pompey's Pillar and made his journal notes and his etchings. Um, He even signed his name on the rock because that was the thing. A lot of Native Americans had signed their stuff on the rock. And later on in the history, it became a place for people of the railroad, people of uh, the Josephine steam engine or steamboat that went up the Yellowstone River. They signed their name on the rock, um, just all sorts of cool travelers, Western people, um, just neat stuff uh, there and the history, you know, for, you know, it's all about Lewis and Clark because Clark signed his name there. Lewis was never there, um, but when Clark signed his name, you know, that that's kind of what made that place famous. And, and the land has been talked about going back and forth through national parks, state land, but ultimately it's been in the control of the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, and They offer great opportunities for, you know, federal working uh, for, you know, for me, I worked out there as a native uh, internship during school as a guide and a park ranger, which is really great experience, great opportunity. Um, The thing I like about the BLM as a worker, you're working kind of all of it. So not only was I an interpretive ranger, but I would clean the toilets. I would, you know, get the lawnmower out and cut the grass in places, you know, so we did it all um plus the big clark days event in the summer is something that you have to check out and just it's it's one of those places I'm glad I've worked at in my life it's really pretty in the summer and the winter it's in an interesting spot on the yellowstone river and it just gives you a perspective of you know what it what it might have been like 200 years ago and I love it you know and there's two there's a few videos if you go into the the ranger station and you see the videos playing I, I want to say there's two or three videos that i personally did i don't know if they're still playing them but for a while there they were so it's
1: kind of cool <laughs> there you go ranger zach is famous everybody <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> no pompey's pillar it's a good one it really, is pompey's really
1: pillar it. is a cool one um my number two we're re we're coming back to it because it's underrated it's wind cave Wind Cave makes mine number two because it is um, super underrated. Again, caves are super cool, um, especially this one. I think, I, I, you know, they can be scary to go into. So I do understand the hesitancy of not wanting to hop in on these caves because, you know, you hear enough mining stories or you're like, I'm not going underground. Um, <laughs> but this is one to go go underground check it out because it's super cool um it it was honestly one of the main highlights of our trip that um that year really
0: which is crazy because that's the 12 parks and 12 days trip and if you haven't checked out that episode go check it out but i'm interested i'm interested to hear why it was one of your favorites on that trip
1: i mean because it was so unique from everything we've done and like it was so unexpected you know like we went into it we're like yeah we're gonna go check out some caves but then like we got into the cave and we're like what <laughs> this is wild <laughs> so like the i think the une- like no idea of what we were getting into just elevated it because it was like i had no expectations and so you know all the other ones the 12 in the 12 parts you know, roughly some idea of what you're getting into um, But this one, it was so different from all the others, so it made it so much more unique.
0: Well, and I think what's unique, too, about the cave, and it's something probably we don't even think about or even register, is the lights in these caves, right? Is some I've been in caves where they have the lights for you, like they built them in. I've been in caves like this one where there's parts where there is no lights, you know? It is pretty, like, I mean, yeah, you have the steps and the railings and stuff like that, but... Just the, the overall aspect of like yeah, you don't know what you're going to get in a cave. You really don't. Um, they're all different. <laughs>
1: they are. That's what's cool about them. But yeah, Wind Cave. Check it out. It's my number two most underrated park according to me. So that means it's time for our number ones. Number one Most underrated park, according to Ranger Zach.
0: Well, my most underrated park. It's a tribal park. It was on that 12 days of 12 12 parks and 12 days trip we did. And that is Monument Valley Park. Um, The Navajo tribe runs it. It is a really cool park. It's a big park. You know, we talked, we joke about small parks at the beginning of the episode. But this was a little bit bigger. Uh, it's going to require a car to drive around you know it gives you that john wayne you know forest gump vibe because you know that's where it's at and Monument valley it's just spectacular you know seeing those rock formations understanding the tribal history understanding the tribal peoples the meaning of the desert the the symbols in the desert and and just that arizona new mexico desert and these, these formations, not just Monument Valley itself, but you have like Ship Rock, uh, Canyon de and other, other really cool spots in, you know, uh, Antelope Canyon, you know, all in this similar same area on the Navajo Reservation, and they kind of have a really good park system for tribal parks, and I definitely suggest supporting them. I always, I always say support the Navajo tribe, support all tribes, you know, because they were hit hard during COVID. These parks were hit hard during COVID because they had to shut them down. Uh, and this is one of those ones. I mean, I really, it make, what makes me want to go back to this, I want to stay in that hotel. I want to wake up and see Monument Valley at sunrise. I want to go to bed at sunset and see Monument Valley. I just want to experience it at in the winter with snow in the summer when it's 115 degrees, just because it has that just uniqueness to it that I want to just like experience it more than just once and, and different time, you know, experience it differently as well. Um, because it, it, it does have that special feeling uh, when you're there, um, you know, seeing the native artists and, and selling their their stuff out of the back of their cars, uh, very interesting to have and see. Um, and support you know i just I, i'm all for it i like it there's something about that area i i think that's also what's pushing me to want to go to uh mesa verde national park is just the, that desert culture i don't know if it was me growing up in new mexico and living there for the first you know 10 years of my life but there's something about the desert that i like
1: there you go i mean monument valley is very cool i do have to agree there um and it is underrated i mean people know about it but um it's still kind of underrated Um,
0: well we hit it at a really interesting time where that southwest was getting a lot of water so there was a lot of green on the ground and the purple flowers i remember which is so beautiful
1: yeah Um, the cacti yeah no it's super super cool um And a highly underrated park. So that's a a good number one. My number one, um, who knows? It might not be underrated, but I think it's underrated because every time I talk about how amazing it is, people are like, yeah, I don't really believe you. And um, I say, it is, you need to go and experience it because it is that amazing. And like once you're in and among them, it's incredible. And it is the Redwoods no (laughs) Uh, they're just too they're too cool these trees are too cool um you know i every i talk about trees maybe too much and people are like mark they're just trees like get a hold of it and i say "Uh uh-uh go check these trees out um
0: i agree with you though i do because the the redwoods they're they're out there um you hear you you hear people talk about them and they really want to go to them, but I think the logistics behind it is what makes it underrated. Uh, people do go to the Redwood Grove by Cal, like by San Francisco, but again, I don't I, that, that grove is, isn't, isn't the same as the area I think you're talking about where the national park and the, a lot of those state parks are up in the you know the Humboldt County and those areas.
1: Yeah. Yeah no, it, it isn't. Um, it's different when you're like really in them. Because, you know, you do feel, you know, you feel like you're in Jurassic Park, that second movie where you're there, like could be dinosaurs that pop out or like you're going to run into Bigfoot or you're going to run into a bunch of elves making fudge. Um, But there's just like there's such a mystery and awe to these trees that you're like, it's just incredible, which is super why i want to go to sequoia because i bet that's a like a similar i bet it's not as like mystic as like the redwoods are but i bet there is just something about like being amongst the sequoias that are like insane
0: <laughs> oh 100 so. percent. that's on my list that's on I, I need to go there like i need to go there sooner than later i just need to yeah. make it happen
1: it's on. It's on my list of places I need to go. I actually almost put it on under my underrated parks, like at number five, because I was yeah. like, it's so underrated, I haven't been there, but I want to go.
0: <laughs> but I, I do think Sequoia and Kings Can, Canyon. It's, it's
1: a little bit more rated than yeah. uh, like the redwoods.
0: They're very popular, and I think, and that's the thing. I think Sequoia is one of those parks where people are like, "Well, I've seen, I've driven through a tree. I've, I've seen them. I'm good." on the redwoods like they 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 can pass on the redwoods because of it i i I, these are different trees different communities different experiences because i think the one thing i really like about the redwoods too is the fog yeah uh, the eeriness that they provide and then that just with the proximity to the ocean that helps you know
1: Mm -hmm. no that is that is super super true Um, it is
0: a it is a really cool park i'm you know you tatted it on your body
1: yeah, I got the, I got it right over here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, Redwoods, that's my number one top five in the top five underrated parks, according to us. Um, and it is perfect timing because it's time to be that guy and get to our final words because it's time for the final words. So um, anyways, final words. My All guy.
0: right, I mean, it's- um, I have a question for you guys. I want to hear your top five underrated parks because I'm sure is heck I would love to hear them because I probably haven't heard of some of them before. I've probably never been to some of them, and those are what is cool about this world we live in. those parks that you know we find every day that are near to home or small or just different or unique in their own ways that make us as individuals appreciate them. I, I want to hear that, you know, so go ahead and email us at wanderingwayspodcast at gmail.com W A N D E R I N G W A Y S P O D C A S T at G M A I L dot C O M. And I would love to hear, just love to hear it. Cause I mean, I, 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 as we're going through this, I'm thinking of other parks I've been to, you know, Red River Gorge down there in Kentucky uh mammoth cave was a cool one um there's just you know devil's tower in wyoming is really really unique and cool there's all these just fun places to go to uh and check out and see and they're in our backyards they really are um and we just have to force ourselves to get up and go you know it's it's me who chooses to sit here on my couch and watch tv you know versus me being the one to say, "Hey, I'm gonna put the gas in the car and go there today, uh, and experience this and do that." And I think with traveling, the issue with traveling comes about the cost of traveling. Sometimes it's, you know, oh, we're gonna have to pay for food, we're gonna have to do this. But what's really cool about our our parks, especially our our, our national parks, our state parks, any of our our publicly owned parks, um, is they are affordable. Those those trips are are usually you know those tours are are cheaper the campgrounds are cheaper yes they're harder to get but if you can get them it all all works out and it's fun and and usually these underrated parks uh you will be able to get a campground or you will be able to get get on a tour because not a lot of people do go to them because that's why they're underrated so uh maybe you don't share them with us no just kidding i do
1: really want to hear them
0: all right reverend i'll pass pass the mic to you
1: Here, let me grab it. Okay. <laughs> reverence final words of wisdom. Stay beautiful, everybody. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate every single one of you guys out there. Um being you, checking out all these different places. Make sure you check out the Teespring, which is in the link below. We got t-shirts down there. We got look, even Zach's got his on. That's a rare occurrence right there. Yeah, but well, I got a sweatshirt got, on. It's cold. We now. got um. We got all sorts of stuff on the Teespring. So make sure you check it out. It's in the bio um, below. Um, But, you know, just go out there. Earth Day is this Friday for you people listening. We talked a little bit about it last time. But, yeah, go out, pick up some trash, do something nice, do some grounding, um, go, you know, donate to a good cause that helps the Earth. We need all the help we can um earth day is more important than uh, we think um yeah I, I understand that this is what coming out on 420 so you're probably a little litty right now and you don't know where you are but go hang out and do earth day enjoy yourself do something fun for the earth um but that being said peace out everybody bye